Good morning, everybody. And thank you for bringing that word. And for those of you that don't know me, my name is Carol. Um, and from time to time, I preach. And also, I head up the One Generation team who work with the, with the I don't like to say old people, over 55 people, the young people at heart. So today is our last um, week looking at the book of Ecclesiastes and I hope you've really been inspired by um, what everybody has brought because it really is an amazing book with so much advice. Sometimes it's easy to leave out the books that don't look quite so easy, isn't it, to read, but actually there's so much for us. And today's title, Living Wisely, Don't Be a Fool. And I kind of think it really sums up the series today you know we may not be as wise as Solomon God said he was the wisest man that ever lived but God has given us his word he's get he given us his presence he's given us that ability to choose to live wisely to have his spirit living in us so that we can make good decisions and kind of we would be fools would we not to not choose to follow him, to not choose to say, God, I give you my heart. But there are many, many people that choose to go it alone. They think they have the capacity to just walk this life on their own. But the world is not an easy place. It's a difficult place to live in. We need somebody to help us. Someone that is beyond what we can ever be. You know, it's not easy to choose wisely because being a fool, I think, is quite easy. And I guess God realizes this because I was reading through the book of Ecclesiastes and it's mentioned 32 times. And in the book of Proverbs, 93 times. And maybe when I say being a fool, you think of like a jester or someone that's always like clowning around or acting like really foolishly the dictionary definition is not quite so gracious either it says a stupid person a person who lacks judgment or sense so that sounds quite harsh doesn't it so I guess it's not easy to give ourselves the title of a fool if I stand here and say I am a fool am I stupid that's what the dictionary says maybe it'd be easier to say I wish I hadn't done that I made a wrong decision. I didn't choose the right thing. To call ourselves a fool or myself a fool maybe is a step too far. But is it? Do we sometimes need that extra that extra input, that extra feeling in our heart like that's a foolish decision. It's easy to say I shouldn't have done it. But to say you're foolish you know, but that's what Solomon is talking about when he says about being a fool. And I've lost track in my life of the times when I've said, I really wish I hadn't done that. That was a bad decision. Look at the consequences of that. Why didn't I choose differently? And I've been reading some daily devotionals by a guy called Oswald Chambers. There's definitely no glossing over his words. Last week, one of the readings said, the majority of us cannot hear anything but ourselves. And we cannot hear anything God says. That's quite scary, isn't it? 
you know when we choose to call ourselves a christian but actually we only hear ourselves we don't hear god no wonder god reminds us so many times about being fools are we not fools when we choose not to listen to him when we act on our own judgment when we don't pray first when we don't choose to read his words when we're not close enough to him to hear that whisper of what is the right decision and chapter 10 which we're looking at today has got some advice on how to live and it begins with this chapter uh, chapter 2 verse uh, chapter 10 verse 2 says a wise person chooses the right road a fool takes the wrong one simple words but so true you know i remember at school i wasn't particularly the top of the class i wasn't somebody that was always naughty i was kind of middle of the road yeah i wasn't teacher's pet i never got to go to the head teacher for good work or bad work i was kind of just in the middle but one day my teacher said to me you need to go and see the head teacher well i had no idea why they didn't say so i got to the head teacher's office and i stood outside i was about 8 or 9 at the time with my literally trembling at why had i been chosen to go to the head teacher and i walked in and and the head teacher said fantastic i sort of breathed a sigh of relief and i'd written a story about taking the right path the title of the story was given to everyone in the class it was about choosing the right path for our journey what we're going to do and i can't even remember what i wrote but what i do remember is the head teacher said to me this is great you've made some really good decisions and you've chosen a good path well done and that has never left me and the thought of pathways and choosing choosing where we go choosing how we walk has stayed in my mind for all of my life and like in our lives we do have so many pathways to follow so many choices to make do we do this or do we do that and the thing is god gives us that freedom to choose he never forces us he whispers to us he encourages us we know he loves us but it's for us to make that decision yeah some people choose not to walk with god some people wander a little bit and some people do their utmost to stay with him you know and our life is full of potholes jane said storms our life is full of storms we never know what's coming one minute we can be walking along and the next minute bang life has changed and solomon emphasizes this when he's talking about things that would have happened in in those people's lives in those days he says uh, digging wells demolishing walls chopping wood because he says there's a danger with every stroke so in those days if someone was digging a well it would be easy to fall down easy to chop an arm off if they were digging and chopping wood and in ecclesiastes 10:14 it says no one really knows what is going to happen no one can predict the future we don't know when our storms will come we don't know what each day will bring and the thing is though that god does god knows everything he knows what happened to us yesterday what's going to happen to us today and what's going to happen to us tomorrow he sees the mistakes we'll make the choices we'll make 
He sees the great choices and the not so great choices. He sees when we'll be ready to choose him and say, God, I can't do it alone anymore. I just can't walk this pathway on my own. Are we therefore not fools when we choose to ignore him? To follow the one that knows it all. To follow what's going to happen to us tomorrow as we walk out of this building. To know the highs and the lows in our life. To know the potholes. To know the mountaintops. And he loves us more than we can ever comprehend. He's always there for us. Jane said, God is there in everything. He knows you from the beginning to the end. And his word daily can give us help, inspiration, his quiet whisper into our minds, just to help us take that extra step. The Holy Spirit living in us, just giving us that feeling inside us of what's right and what's wrong. And in verse 10, it also says about reminding us to sharpen our blades. That means our spiritual blades, to sharpen our brains so we're more able to hear from him and know. Having wisdom to succeed and not be fools to make the wrong decisions. You know, spending time with God is so, so important, even when we're really busy. And I remember uh, when I was just a Christian, I remember looking at this book and thinking, I'm just going to skip this. This is really depressing. I don't want to read about being meaningless. And I sort of battled through it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, okay. I didn't really look closely at what Solomon was saying. And I really pray that the last two months that we've spent unpicking these verses, that none of you feel like I did all those years ago. It's not a depressing book. It's a book about how to live for the future, how to live for the right reasons, not to live a life that we will regret. I know it's so easy to just skip those books over, isn't it? You know, to just maybe stick to the Gospels and not maybe read much in the Old Testament. But, you know, every single book in God's Word has got something to teach us, every single one, whether we like it or we don't. And learning to live how God desires, it isn't easy because it's not the way of this world but it does bring just like an inner peace joy through everything that sense of well-being and contentment and understanding that God knows and overall he is in charge he knows it all we have so much to take from this book to take and move on walk that path living differently the way God would choose us to live and there's one certain thing in this life, isn't there? One day, we will all die. We're all born, and one, way, one day we will not be here. But from the beginning to the end, that pathway that we take, God can be with us every day. Never leave us, uphold us, love us, wrap his arms around us. There's a pathway before each one of us today. And what are we going to choose? Will we live for the now, storing up the treasures, the earthly treasures that one day will mean nothing, that will account for nothing, maybe seeking more and more money, thinking, I've got a choice later to follow God. I don't have to make that decision today. 
I've got plenty of time. Maybe now is not the right time. It's a decision that we must choose. Or will we today make that day when our life changes? When we will choose to follow him, we will choose to seek his will for our lives. We will know, as Katie spoke about, that our life is for eternity, much more than we've got in this world. An amazing eternal life when we choose to follow God. And the following chapters, it actually talks about turning to God, seeking God in our lives, in our youth, it says, before it's too late. While we are all here, we still have that choice. We are all in our youth to accept him. We have that time, if we don't already know Jesus as our saviour, to say, I choose to follow you. Jesus be my saviour. Lead me down that path, a path I will never regret. Never regret. And last week, Beth spoke about the founder of Apple, I'm sure you remember it's an amazing sermon and he was looking in the mirror and asking himself what would he do today that I will regret or will this be a day I live without regrets and it kind of reminded me of the story of the rich man and Lazarus the rich man looked up from hell towards heaven and he begged Lazarus for water to dip his finger in the cool water but Jesus explained to the rich man in verse 26, he says, A great canyon separates you and us. Nobody can cross over from our side to yours or from your side to ours. Please, Father Abraham, I beg you, the formerly rich man continued, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers there and they're on the same path that I was on. If Lazarus warns them, they'll choose another path and they won't end up here in torment. The rich man realised he'd left it too late. He'd been foolish, and he begged for his brothers to be saved. But you know, only as individuals can we make that choice. Our friends can't make that choice. Our parents can't. We have to make that choice ourselves. No amount of pressure can make you give your heart to Jesus unless it comes from within. And he wouldn't want that. It's a decision that each of us must make. And something inside our hearts kind of says, it's the right time. Yes, now, today is the right time when I give my heart to Jesus. And if you don't know him, it's definitely a decision you'll never regret. You know, God has got a pathway for all of us. We may wander a little bit in our lives because life is tough. We may need that little gentle nudge, it's this way, to stay close to him, looking forward and not looking at the worldly things that are around us, which are here one minute and gone the next. But once we become children of God, he'll be with us every step of the way every step of the way you'll never leave us and have his arms wrapped around us and helping us guiding us if we choose to listen 
And after saying uh, many of us only hear ourselves, Oswald Chambers in the verses uh, I was looking at goes on to say this, to be brought to the place where we can hear the call of God is to be profoundly changed. When we take that time to listen to God, to read his word, to pray, to come to church, he can change us amazingly. And on this road of life that we choose to walk on, we have choices. A choice to stay close to God, a choice to do our own things, a choice to meet with other people from church that can hold us up, help us, help us grow as Christians, chat things through that we don't understand, listen to amazing worship, spend time together and realize that we are citizens of an eternal life that will never be taken from us. But whilst we're here, we do need to live the life the best way we can as children of God, being different in a difficult world. We don't have to go it alone though. God will be with us all the time. And a few weeks ago, Beth also spoke about which season we were in. So maybe that's a little bit of a challenge for us today. What season are we all in as individuals? Are we in the season where we don't know yet? We don't know God? Are we new Christians eager to learn, to do more, to seek him? Are we on that path but kind of not really inspired? Are we wandering around seeking all the little turn-offs but trying our best to stay, stay with him? Where are we in our lives or are we on fire for God? We all go through different seasons just like the year does. Which season are we all in as individuals? You know, and whatever season you're in, I don't believe that we can ever be close enough to God. I believe we can always be closer because God has always got more for us. In the Voice Bible translation, it says on one of the notes, wise words ring true in our ears. Whether we want to hear them or not, they prod us, convict us, move us, and heeding them strengthens us. Is God today prompting you, prodding your heart, speaking in your ears? The last few weeks we've heard of so many things that are completely meaningless, where we chase after the wrong things, chasing the wind that we will never catch, being never satisfied. The book of Ecclesiastes says this is foolishness and finishes by reminding us to remember God while we're still here. So as we bring this book to a close, I feel really prompted by God that he wants us to reflect on everything we've learned over the last eight weeks, where he's touched our hearts for different reasons. He wants to prompt us how we choose in each day. Are we looking in the mirror and regretting things? Or are we thinking, no, I'm doing it all for you, God. I see ahead. Maybe he's prompting you, today is the day to 
give your heart to him. A day you will never forget. And God doesn't want us to live a life of regrets. It's never too late to change. It's never too late for God to stir our hearts. It's never too late for us to walk more closely with him. I'd like to invite the worship team to come up and maybe we could take a moment to listen to the words of the song that's going to be played. In the words it says, we can lay everything at the feet of Jesus, our regrets, our hurts, whatever we've done in our life, we can lay it at the feet of Jesus and truly focus on him to know he's working and speaking in our lives every single day. Jane said to look to him, to call to him and to hold on to him. You know, this is a house of miracles where life changes when you choose to walk with God. So God's question is, have you given him your full attention today?